Welcome to Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs Podcast, a podcast for resilient entrepreneurs. I'm Katrina Thomas, and today my guest is Christina Campus, a teacher by profession turned entrepreneur. Christina has been an educator for 20 years, but with a great enthusiasm, she quit her teaching job and founded the organization The Impactful Parent. So let's listen to Christina's story now. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. Uh, I just um, quickly introduced you, but uh, in in your words, could you just uh, give us a little bit about uh, you know, g- give us some background about you? How did you become a teacher in the first place? Okay, yeah, I love teaching. I taught for over twenty years. It was magnificent. Uh, I just love kids. I have a unique love for teenagers, so uh, that was where I wanted to be. And yeah, now I founded the Impactful Parent, which just helps parents of school age children with free resources and tips and advice and build community because I felt that there was a lack of real support for parents of teens or tweens in those older years when it gets so much more difficult again. And there's a plethora of resources when they're little, but not so much when you get older. So I wanted to support those parents. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's great. Thank you so for, 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 for introducing yourself, but um, you, uh, you were uh, an, well, you were an educator with 20 years of experience and, uh, you know, teaching. Mm-hmm. But then you decided to kind of quit your corporate job, if you call education as a corporate job, but <laughs> to quit your job uh, as a full-time teacher to become an entrepreneur and uh, to um, become a founder of the Impactful Parent. Why did you make this decision? Oh, well, this is where the story thickens <laughs> because, uh, yes, it was a very difficult decision. You know, um, I will start try not to make it too long and start from the beginning, but I had a wonderful, beautiful life. I uh, met my husband at age 18 and dated him for several years. And we went through college together. And then after college, it seemed natural. We were going to get married and we had four kids together. I was married for 13 years. It was beautiful. And then I kind of got blindsided. Uh, It turned out that he wasn't happy. And he left me. And it really hurt, obviously. I mean, I was destroyed. Um, I spent many days crying in my closet. Every parent has that space in their house where they go and they cry so that you go, no, let out real true feelings so that yeah. your, your kids don't have to see you do that. And for me, my space is my closet. And I spent lots of time in my closet just feeling that pain. But there also comes a time when you have to stop crying and decide, well, what am I going to do? Do I continue to sit and feel sorry for myself? Or am I going to show not only for myself, but for my children, something else that I could rise, I could live, I could move on. 
And that was the choice that I made. Unfortunately, when that came to a crossroads, so did so many other things that were going to happen in my life. Um, one of them is I, I looked in the mirror and I did not recognize myself anymore. It was, it was really shocking. I looked in the mirror and I was like, who is this? Do I, do I even want that for dinner tonight? Do I even like that for dinner? I had realized that I was giving myself to everybody else. Not only was I being the best mom I could be, even like giving to my mom, to my kids, I was giving so much to my husband. I was giving so much as a teacher and just give, 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 give. And I love giving. That's who I am. But when I came to that crossroads and I looked in the mirror, I realized, wait a second, I've been giving so much to everybody else that I don't know who I am anymore. And that's a big problem. Um, It sneaks up on you as a parent. And it's super common for, especially if you're a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad, you can so easily lose your identity to your children and everything becomes them. And I'm no exception to that rule. It happened to me. Um, it even happened to me as a working parent. Um, but I had to figure out what is it that I like? You know, what is it that I want to do now that I, I don't have a partner to share those moments with? It's all up to me. And I just was lost. And that feeling of being lost, um, it's scary. It's really scary. But it is also, I find, an opportunity to rediscover who you are. And I was lucky enough that I had some strength deep down inside, um, mainly built in by my four children, that I I wanted to show that, hey, mom isn't going to sit crying in her closet forever. Like, yes, this is painful. And of course it is because I love your dad. But um, it's not going to define who I am forever. And picked myself up from my bootstraps and started really reevaluating my life. Yeah. Unfortunately, the teaching was one of them. I love teaching, but when I had to look in that mirror and realize that the teaching profession was actually a little bit of a detriment to me, I threw in so much of my time and effort to help teenagers because I, I primarily taught middle school at that moment. Um, and I noticed that my own four, I have four kids and at the time they were a little bit younger, but I still had teenagers, um, two of them and read today they're 16 and 18, but then they were, uh, I think they were 13 and well, like 16 at that time. Yeah. So, and they, they needed me. They needed me more than when they were toddlers. I could see they were really struggling with their own identity, having a separated home and doing everything we could make it as easily as transitional as possible for them. But I had to stop focusing on helping everybody else's kids and start focusing on my own. And that was so sad for me to give up teaching. But 
it was important to me to still give. I'm still a giver. That's what I am. But I had to figure out how to give in a different kind of capacity. And that's how I came up with the impactful parent. It allows me to help kids from the source, which is the home. So now I'm I'm working with parents and teaching them everything I know about teenagers and how to talk with them, how to build bonds. Um, And I still am able to be with my own kids. Now I'm on my own boss, so I can create my own schedule and I could be with my own teenagers as much as I need to be for them. And that feels really good now. Yeah. No, I mean, you've mentioned, you know, teaching profession is not, is, is a very stressful profession, right? Yes. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it has a negative impact on, on, on the mental state of, of everyone who is involved in this. <laughs> you know, I, I've been in it, in um in academia for i don't know 14 years now but it it is it can be quite stressful at times but um you've decided how long you've been uh, a founder how long you've been running the impactful parent oh the organization itself has only been running for about a year and i started yeah. preparing for it a little bit before that so not very long. I mean, it was a big yeah. crossroads. I had to do some um, some saving and yeah. building before it can even launch to prepare for yeah. it. Yeah, but you still are you still doing um, some teaching um, as a side hustle? Let's say I do absolutely. I do. I try to get into the classroom as much as I can. So yeah. I have a school that I I still. Um, substitute teach for as much as my schedule allows. Um, they love having me in. It gets me still into the classroom, knowing the kids, being with them. And I still sit on the board of trustees of two different schools here in my local area so that I could still be involved in the school system and running schools. So yeah. it's good. Yeah. But, you know, you've mentioned, you know, you have four kids, um, different age group, uh, but they're all kind of in their teens. And it's very hard. Um, just like you said, you know, to, to be a mom, um, you know, to, to make a career and, and there's a lot of pressures on, on, on women. And you mentioned being authentic and true to yourself and finding time for yourself. Um, I think we've, we've had one guest on the podcast who also mentioned um, the importance of actually being true to yourself and really mm-hmm. understanding who you are and what you need as a, as a, as a person that, that, that's really important. I absolutely share this view with you, but you know, when you just started the impactful parent, I mean, obviously it's being an entrepreneur uh, is somewhat different from, you know, um, having a nine till five job. What were the um, most difficult, you know, challenges uh, when you just started running your own website, trying to find clients? I think patience. Patience has been one of the more challenging things. I wanted things to start right away. I wanted to be successful right away. I wanted the money to start coming in right away. I had people to to support and things. Um, And it's so hard. You can't really do that. It's a process. It's definitely a process. Um, And it's, it's overwhelming, it can be near just as overwhelming as teaching, honestly, because um, now that becomes a new child to you. It's a new baby because uh-huh. you're creating it. So yeah. uh, part of that is also really making time for yourself. I every single morning 
Every day I wake up in the morning and I say, where can I find an hour in my day that I'm going to dedicate to me, not to my kids, not to my business, but to me, something that's important to me. And this is um, a tip that I give all of my parents, um, even just how not to lose yourself again, because that's not what I want to do. I knew what that's like. I'm not going to let myself go there. Yeah. Um, so you have to find that time. And sometimes you have to be really creative with that hour. Um, for example, because I am a single mom of four kids, it's super busy, but I'm still running people to rugby practice and whatever music lessons. And if I have to exercise that day, my hour might be while I'm sitting at rugby practice, I might have to run around the pitch. Maybe that's how I get my exercise is running around the pitch while my son is practicing. But that's my hour. That's my, you know, taking care of my body and my health. So that's my hour that day. Um, And I also suggest for people to make goals for themselves, to write a list of things that they want to accomplish and literally write it down. There's something very special about the hand and the mind coming together Mm -hmm. with a piece of paper, not the phone. I know I put so much on my phone also. I put my whole schedule on my phone. But when it comes to goal making, really taking the piece of paper and writing it down and then taking that goal list and posting it somewhere, posting it on a mirror, somewhere where you're going to visually see it to remind you of all those goals you have outside of your work and outside of your children. Um, Because that goal list is you. That's your authentic self. So maybe it's you want to travel somewhere and maybe it's you want to read a good book. And you can put on there watching a series of TV because maybe that's that's your favorite thing is to watch TV series or whatever it is. Yeah. You put that on there. Those are things you do for yourself. I like to, um, I have a silly thing where I don't even like rated R movies, but it's one of the things that I like to do when my, in my one hour time slot from time to time, because it makes me feel like an adult. I can't do that with my children. <laughs> so it makes me feel like I'm a again. Yes. watch a movie that's, I wouldn't be able to sit down with my children and do. Um, So it could be anything from very silly to something very, very serious about how you want to um, really, you know, better yourself as, as a person. So it could be anything and to have those and work on those things in that hour, not doing laundry. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just kind of, I'm going to show it to you. Uh, This is a time cube. I don't know if you've seen this before. But one of um, my guests on the program, she uh, she she said it's actually kind of works for her, where you can just set, set up. It's it's not using your phone because my my husband said, why do you need this? You know, why do you need this cube? Just just ask Alexa <laughs> to remind you. And I said, well, no no no, that, that that's technology, and this is just simple kind of putting this on <laughs> on your table and just remind you. Well, I haven't used it. Yeah. Yes, I, I guess it might work. Actually, you set up little timer and say twenty minutes. I'm just doing. Uh, I'm just gonna spend time, you know, reading a book or something like that. And it's just me. <laughs> no, it's just, yeah, I love uh, it. It's perfect. Yeah. 
it's it's called time cube but it's 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 just so low tech and then instead of just fiddling with your phone of course you can set set up a timer on your mobile phone but it's just something you can just set up and the little al- alarm goes on and uh, you you know that you've spent your you know 60 minutes doing i don't know cardio or something i don't know meditation whatever um, makes you happy but um, now you mentioned um, you know going to rugby and sometimes you know even running around trying to um you know give yourself a little bit of exercise but you know talking about work-life balance balance is there is such thing uh, when you try to uh, run a business and have kids is there such thing as a life work-life balance i think you can achieve it it's very difficult it's a conscious effort though and i think that's where a lot of people make a mistake is they think it's going to come naturally and it's not it is a conscious effort to create the work life balance and it's an effort every single day it's not um and yes there'll be times where you'll need to give yourself grace and work more but there are other times when you need to take work a break from work and be with your family more yeah. So it goes back and forth. And eventually, if you're noticing, it will balance out. So I do think it's good. Um, it, I work with parents. So if for me, it's not so much with the entrepreneur part, but for, yeah. for my, my clientele, they're getting they're doing too much for their children, too much for their family. And when I talk to my entrepreneur friends, of course, it's just the opposite. So it's, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's always something in your life. And I don't know who you're. You know, your listeners are all um, budding entrepreneurs, but there's if they look to their parents or whoever their friends, there's always something that's probably dominating the most yeah. of the time. And it's it's just about figuring out where that is. Yeah. Balance it out. Got to really make the effort. There's yeah. a difference between letting your schedule revolve around your children and your whole life meaning being about your children. It shouldn't, your whole life should meaning shouldn't be about them, but it's okay to let your schedule revolve around them. But then again, that's where that special hour comes into play, not losing yourself and really making those efforts. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from and I don't have four kids. I only have one, (laughs) but here's a demanding one. (laughs) So yeah, uh, it's, it's 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 literally understanding your priorities and who you are and what makes you happy because you have to be happy to make your kids happy. That that that's that, that that's true. But you know, um, yeah, I was just gonna say um, it just popped into my brain one mistake that I think a lot of entrepreneurs and parents make is they put labels on themselves, and I'll explain this for a second. Um, so in trying to create that balanced life they put these labels on themselves like, well, you see, I would wake up in the morning and early in the morning and exercise, but I'm not a morning person. See, the minute Mm -hmm. you said that to yourself in your brain, you just put an imaginary boundary on the things that you are able to accomplish today. And you don't even realize it probably, but that's what you just did. By calling yourself, I'm not a morning person, you just said, I can't do that. Yeah, you program yourself to fail before you fail, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So to not put those imaginary boundaries on ourselves, you are capable of creating this balance if you want it. People will put effort into things that they really want in their life. And you just have to make it a priority and stop stop that mental it'll mental blocks that you can put. You can accomplish it. Now you can say, I don't like waking up in the morning, so I choose not to. That's completely <laughs> yes. different though than saying, well, I won't because I'm a, I'm not a morning person. Yeah. Make Jane, it, go, yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, just making your making those those yeah. really conscious decisions, choices and not yeah. boundaries. Um, we had a guest, um, a very interesting guest, uh, Dr. Jane Tornatore, um, a couple of weeks ago. And she actually, she wrote a book uh, where she talked about the power of words. Oh, yes. Yeah. And um, it's 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 the way you phrase, um, you know, certain words, you know, the, the way you put certain uh, words together or, or phrases like, I, I have to. You know, you should try to avoid using <laughs> that vocabulary because you almost like program your brain to think negatively before the event happens. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, you have to pay attention constantly to how you even describe things and, and talk about things. But, yeah, just like that, you said, it's that inner dialogue is really, really powerful. I would love to hear that episode. I bet she's amazing. And yeah, she's um, uh, she's a relationship counseling therapist, and she's she's got. I mean, it was um, it was a great interview uh, with her, and and a couple of times actually <laughs> we did a little exercise, and a couple of times I I said I I have to, and she she kind of corrected me saying Katrina, no, you don't have to. <laughs> I'd like to do something, but. I don't have to because when you say I have to do something, you already kind of put your uh, yourself into this uh, state of stress, uh, increased stress, and and then again you almost like program yourself to fail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With my my clientele, I'm always telling them you don't, especially stay at home parents that are tired, tired because they've been with their kids all day long, yeah. or. Um, parents that have to take care of their children because their spouse travels quite a bit um, to start changing that mindset of you can't have that inner dialogue saying I'm stuck with my kids all day long. Instead, you have to switch it to I have an opportunity to be with my kids a lot today. And in the beginning, when you're saying this kind of dialogue, um, you won't believe it. You're, you're lying to yourself. And that's okay in the beginning. When I was crying in the closet and I did not want the world to, to face the world and I just was like so lost in my brain and I didn't know what to do, I had to do a lot of changing my inner dialogue to stop feeling sorry for myself, to not go in those traps of um, blaming my husband for his, for being his authentic self. I mean, he just wasn't yeah. happy. And I can't say I blame him. I, I To this day, I, I take responsibility for my part and how our marriage didn't work out. I, I really, really do. It It's not something that happens overnight, though. You have to create that inner dialogue of, no, I'm, yeah. I might be very, very angry, but I'm not going to 
think badly of him because those will, they'll come out or it'll get reflected in your children. It'll come out. Mm, So you look in the mirror and I had to say to myself, I can do this. I can be successful. I can find something else beyond teaching, even though I love that profession. And Mm -hmm. again, it's that inner dialogue, just talking to yourself and you can't believe it at first, but once you start to shift it and say it over and over and over, especially if you do it in front of a mirror where you're looking at yourself and it becomes a self-affirmation, sometime (laughs) after you do it 20 more times, it starts to become believable. Mm -hmm. And then it starts to become not a forced inner dialogue, but just how you start to think. And that's the process. It's not, it's so simple, but so many of us don't do it because it, it feels yeah. silly looking at yourself in the mirror saying, I can do this. Yeah, I can yeah. look at And you don't believe it. And it just feels yeah. like dumb. But you're lying. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm lying to myself. It was so stupid. But yeah. in reality, that's where it begins. And before you know it, it's not stupid. You believe it. And it starts to change you. Yeah. I think Jane was saying that she wakes up and... Um, in in front of the mirror, she always say hello, gorgeous, and she's <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, sixty, and I'm, I'm I always wake up and say hello, gorgeous, and you know, at first you you kind of get this like you're like you know you're not gorgeous, but then slowly <laughs> your brain kind of starts changing, and you yeah, it's it's like giving you a lot of positive energy from the start of the day to actually go out there and be happy and and, and um, get positive. Do you have yeah. something that you want to say to yourself in the mirror every day? Well, the thing is, I'm just like, it's not, I always like wake up, it's like, it's not morning again. Because <laughs> I normally, yeah, I, I stay up till midnight at least. And then with a little one, it's just like six. 6 a.m. It's um I've had a good night's sleep if, if I'm up at 6 a.m. <laughs> so, but uh, it's it's a constant yeah struggle for me to actually get a decent sleep. But it's okay, it's it's getting better, I think. But um, with small kids it's a bit harder, but I think as, as they grow up and um you know you get more sleep and you you can almost like manage. Sometimes I just I try to pay attention to my body and sometimes at 10 o'clock if I feel like I am exhausted. I am kind of, I need to go to bed. I straight away go to bed and I try not to feel guilty because that's the, that's another thing. You feel guilty for not doing certain things, right? Mm. And then at the end of the day, I mean, so what if I don't wash some plates or, uh, you know, I haven't done my 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 washing? It's it's okay, right? You can always pick uh, pick this up next, next day when, when you feel more refreshed. So yeah, I guess paying attention to yourself is important to avoid that burnout. But, uh, talking about the whole entrepreneurship uh, sort of journey, um, entrepreneurs when they when they start businesses, they sign up for less money, right? Perhaps more stress, <laughs> more juggling around, uh, more more pressure to learn new things to stay on top of things right and i guess the educational profession is also stressful but again as an entrepreneur you almost kind of your stress level can almost double right compared to you know your normal 9 till 5 um 
sort of work week. But what's your typical um, what's your typical schedule during the week? <laughs> Do you work at the weekends? Um, how what, what's your work pattern? Yeah. So how I create my work life balance isn't easy. Being a single mom of four kids. Um, this uh, this recording here. It started at 6 a.m. for me here. Um, my children are all asleep in my home. <laughs> I was so, wondering, that was a bit too early for you because you're in Colorado. I'm like, okay, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, but sometimes that's what it takes. So I, you know, w- woke up early to do a little bit of work to meet with you today. Um, I then... We'll take a small break to make yeah. breakfast for my children, um, make sure that they are uh, getting ready for school. Um, fortunately, my all four children are at school age. My youngest is in the second grade. So um, I can drive them all to school after that and have a block of time in the middle of my day to do work. So mm-hmm. that's when I do it. Um, and again, it's a lot of self-discipline when you work for yourself. I could be doing laundry all day. I could be doing cleaning my house all day. And yeah. sometimes I take those breaks to do that. But uh, the majority of my day time is to work with the impactful parent. And whether it's right now I'm revamping my YouTube channel and learning. And you're like so constantly learning. Sometimes working is just learning about what I should be doing and and making how to improve things. Um, and then I have to pick up the children at three o'clock. Um, so it's a very short work day. I don't work eight hours during that time. It's really more like five, mm-hmm. six at the most because of the time I have to drop them off to pick them up. Yeah. Um, but how I make up for that is what, well, as soon as my children get home, they need some time alone to decompress. They need a little bit of time just for themselves um, for the day. So that gives me another hour while they're just relaxing and decompressing to go back to work for just an hour. Um, but then I have to start dinner and get those, Do maybe do the activities, like go to the rugby game or the taekwondo practice. Um, and then it's spending some time with them, eating dinner, um, having some homework time while I sit with them. Uh, and then around eight o'clock, we start to wind down with our bedtime routine yeah. and getting them going. Uh, spend some more time with them before nine o'clock. I make a nine o'clock steadfast, hard bedtime. And it's all about routine with parents. Um, you yeah. have to create routine with your kids. So it's a pretty regimented schedule. But after the children go to bed at nine, I will likely work again for another hour or two and then go to bed either at 10, 11, midnight on really, really long days if I, if I have more work. But I try to go to sleep at 10 so that I can wake up again at six to start it all over again. But yeah. I do work on the weekends. I work anytime I actually have free time. I'm mostly, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm mostly working on the impactful parent, learning something, reading about something, creating something, writing blogs. Um, and it's, it is a t- every day of the week job for me, even on most on the weekends when I will force myself and I do force myself because it's to create the balance 
when I force myself to take the break and go visit family and go hang out with my friends and maybe just go sit in a bar with a beer so that I can relax and do and feel like an adult. Um, it's a forced effort, but I, I will guarantee you, I probably worked the hour right before that and I'll probably work the hour right after that. So yeah, it's a constant, it's, it's a constant uh, shuffle. constant move between looking after kids and trying to do stuff for your business but um what's been the the most difficult sort of challenge since you started the impactful parent project well i call it project because i think it's it's got a great mission to um to focus on teenagers and, and and kids so what was the greatest um challenge since since the beginning of your um business I think it's <laughs> I think it's really making myself that priority. That's tough. Um with the business challenges, you know, I said it, it's being patient. It's also yeah. accepting that I I'm not gonna do things right a lot of the times. And that's been really hard. I'm I like doing things right the first time and for example, right now, how I'm revamping the entire YouTube channel, I have more than a hundred videos on that channel more uh, for easily. And I've only been in business for, like I said, a bit the year. And it's, I'm going through every single video and redoing them because I want to present them better. I want to, there's some without getting into some technical stuff, there's some algorithm stuff that I need to put on the back end of these big videos. So I actually yeah. have to uninstall them and then re re put them on. And each video takes me about 15 minutes to redo. And I got hundred, I got over a hundred that I have to get through. So I had to accept that kind of defeat that I'm not going to do it right all the time. And it's okay to yeah. have to backtrack and redo stuff. And I hate it. I'm so angry right now to be doing this, but it's going to be worth it in the end. And I do want things done right. So when you re-upload the video, do you lose uh, all the likes and um, you do when you do that? You do. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Cause I was just wondering, cause uh, uh, yeah, uh, you, you can almost like lose all your audience. I mean, does it have to be that perfect? <laughs> well, so with the YouTube channel in particular, yeah. I felt like it was worth the um, worth my chance because I wasn't getting a lot of traction with each video, and my primary audience was was looking at the videos on social media, Instagram, Facebook. They're yeah. on there also, yeah. but I wanted the YouTube channel, which is more of an evergreen platform, um, to really be able to reach people past the week, which yeah. is not what Instagram and Facebook does they that's really a very right now type of platform and people don't search stuff that's you posted um a month ago it's what you do right now they see the, the here and the now moment but yeah. not in youtube youtube is a search engine so you can search something and i could clients could potentially yeah. see a video that i created a year ago on youtube so for me it was a platform that i felt like i it was worth losing some of the views and things to do it right now moving forward for forever um 
And actually, I'm going to say that it's so far it's even paying off. I've the videos that I've redone are already getting more views than I they originally did because they're done right now. They're attracting more people. The algorithms are liking them more. So to me, it was a good decision. And now, now that I know it's a good decision, now I just have to keep plugging, plugging through all of them. Um, but it's not an easy decision. It's taking yeah. up a lot of my time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, um, I don't know, where do you even start? How do you prioritize as an entrepreneur, which, you know, because there, there are so many tools, there are so many channels, there are so many things you can uh, can do to improve your business. How do you prioritize? How do you know what to do next? What to do next or, or, or what is the right thing to do next? That's a fantastic question. And I'm going to be honest and say, I don't know if I know the answer to that. I would say that I kind of go with my gut. I go with what it feels right. Um to me, that's what felt right at that time. I was like, I got to make this. This is this is an evergreen platform. This is a search engine. I need to make sure that people can find me. I'm going to make this a priority right now. Um, but should I be possibly doing something else as a priority? Maybe. Again, it, it might. Maybe I'm making some wrong choices, and I got to kind of accept that. And how do I pick the right? What's what's going to be a priority to me right now? It's it's all about time and my gut feeling of this is what I need. I feel like a lot of what I do and how I choose what I do next, it has to come authentically to me. So mm-hmm. I have to be wanting to do that. I have to be wanting to feel like this is what I want to say. This is what I want to do. Because if I'm forcing myself to do something, um, it's going to go slower. It's not yeah. going to get done with the enthusiasm that it probably should be your audience will hear they feel it it's, yeah 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 they absolutely mm-hmm. can I, whoever your client is they can feel it when you're being forced yeah. and they also can feel it when you're being authentic and so that's what i try to do is really just going back to my center and saying what's my authentic thing i really want to do right now for yeah. my business for my clients what feels good and you I roll with that yeah no I I, I totally uh, agree with what you're saying it's it's you know do do what what feels right uh, at that moment in time and like you said you know if you're trying to do something which is not really <laughs> in your heart you don't want to do it then perhaps you need to wait uh, because again people will feel it in your voice voice that you are not being authentic 100 but um, going back to um, to your um, sort of business, uh, the impactful parent, I want to ask you one question. Um, as an expert in teenage behavior, um, you know, kids' behavior, um, you're probably aware of some statistics, um, you know, on mental health in in teenagers and 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 children as well. And again, if we look at the Stats, um, you know, how many kids uh, get medicated uh, because of anxiety or other stress-related, you know, uh, conditions and stuff like that. How can we, and and, and again, this this is a very important topic for me as well, because I have a four-year-old and I want him to be as resilient as possible. And um, 
what and, and especially you know in the future if we want kids to grow and become more entrepreneurial and i guess entrepreneurship uh will be rewarded because you can become you can be an entrepreneur running your own business or you can be entrepreneurial working for someone else right um so no matter what you do entrepreneurship skills will be in demand in the future so how can we make kids more resilient how can we uh, help them with um the mental health um when they're teenagers when the kids and teenagers oh there's so many things that you can do as parents <laughs> um okay. the first thing that came to my mind is actually allow them to fail because that's what you need to build resiliency that's how you gain mental fortitude is uh, you learn how to fail and pick yourself up again and move forward, learning from your mistakes. And so many parents make the mistake right now of hovering, of doing everything for their child because they don't want to see them fail. They don't want to see them make a mistake and have their child go through that pain. And those parents are coming from a loving place. Their heart is in the right spot. They love their kids so much that they just don't want to see them in pain. But in honesty, they're giving them a detriment because they're not allowing them to experience that failure, to learn from it, to gain the resiliency that they need as an adult and especially as an entrepreneur. Um, you have to learn how to do that. So my advice tip number one for your audience is let them fail. Now, with that, you are absolutely right by their side. You are absolutely there to listen, to be empathetic, to say, I'm here. You know what? And be their biggest cheerleader and say, you can do this. It's okay that that happened. How can we learn from it? What were some of the things that, that you start asking lots of questions as parents? Good parents don't tell their kids what to do. Instead, they ask their children, what should we do now? And you ask questions after question. How did that make you feel? Why did you make that choice? Um, what were you thinking at that time? Do you, would you have made a different choice now that you know how the outcome was? Um, those are all questions that allows your child to learn from their mistakes and builds them up again and say, okay, so now that this happened, how can we change it? Do we need to give somebody an apology or can we, can we just move forward? Uh, what are we going to do? And those are things that those are the same questions that an entrepreneur will ask themselves later. So you're starting to create that inner dialogue for your children by leading by example, by by giving it to them yeah. when they don't have it as teenagers. Because as teenagers, they're not going to be asking themselves those questions. Their, their brain isn't quite functioning that same way yet. They're, teenagers are just by nature very selfish. They think mostly of themselves. And that's okay. That's how their brain is. Yeah. That's their survival mechanism in the uh, developmental stage that they're in at that moment. So you give them all this other internal dialogue where they have to really analyze and think about their actions and how they move forward, the consequences of their actions, the, all the things, and and they learn. They learn from it. Um, I would also say that when you're trying to support your your child to become resilient and and things. You do lead by example yourself. All those kids are watching you. The teenager who acts like he's not and sitting in the back and 
I don't want to talk to you. That's stupid. <laughs> They're watching. They're absolutely watching you. So how you balance your life, how you decide what's a priority for you and your family, it's all being noticed. Um, and I think a lot of parents kind of go come from a stance of do as I say, not as I do. And yeah. that's never going to work. You really have to lead uh, by example. So if my children want to become entrepreneurs, they are absolutely looking right now to how does mom run her business? How does she create that balance or whatever? How does she take care of herself? How much effort does she put into the work? They see I put a lot of effort into this profession yeah. and that will sway them. Hey, I, I like that. I want to be like that too. Or, you know, that's not really for me. That's a lot of effort and that's okay. It's not for everybody. But leading by example at least gives your children an opportunity to see that instead of hiding it. I, I yeah. try not to hide things from my kids because they learn from just watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good words from you, Christina. But uh, what is your um, vision for the impactful parent? Where do you see the impactful parent in the next, say, year? Yeah, well, I hope to grow my audience. I hope to still continue um just serving, obviously. Um, I create online courses little by little. Right now I have three that I offer and I hope to increase that over time. Um, one of them is a behavior management course, helping kids control their big emotions, teaching parents how to do that. Another one's a drug, how, how to identify if my child's on drugs or um, and using, and also just education for parents that need to know that type of material, before they need it, yeah. which is how I recommend. Um, and I go through over 15 different types of drugs that our teens are are exposed to right now. And a lot of parents don't realize that. They, they're like, oh, you know, they think of marijuana and maybe mm. some of the more common drugs yeah. and that's it. And there's so much more that they need to be keeping an eye out for. Um, and then I do um, a connection. It's called Connection and Conversation. It's actually a small group for parents to make connections with each other because I think it takes a village to raise a child. And it's really unfortunate that right now we're in a society that kind of puts pressure on parents to do things all by themselves. We don't talk to our neighbors anymore. We don't live with our family as much as we used to, where we used to have family all around and grandparents used to be so yeah. close. And it's that much more important for our parents to create connections on our own because we're so spread out anymore. So I try to do that. And hopefully those courses will increase and I will be able to offer my my clients not just a whole bunch of free stuff, but also more paid programs that are they dive deeper into how to become a more impactful parent. So that's what I hope. And I love talking on podcasts like this and and just spreading the words and things because it's great. Like yeah. helping each other is just so important to me. Yeah, I mean, this is a platform to talk more openly about the mental health uh, issues and also um, help entrepreneurs um, to be more resilient, um, a platform to share stories so you don't feel lonely. And it can be quite lonely uh, when you run your own business. Oh, yes, it is. It is absolutely very, very lonely. You hit it on the head. Exactly. Um, parenthood is also very, very lonely. These are lonely we're in lonely times. It's super sad. And I, I do want to mention that 
you know, the quarantine and COVID-19 have um, really played uh, a significant detriment to our teenagers. It's been very, very difficult for them. Uh, Really difficult. Uh, Kids thrive off of routine and we have completely derailed their life. And we've taken a lot away from what they feel is important. Graduation, parties, social interaction. We've taken this all away. And those are the things that are the most important to them in their lives. And we just took it. And it's been huge mental health issues upon them now. Um, There's more attempts of suicide right now in our young population than there had been in the last year. It's it's really increased. So is self-harming and things. So if you do have a young person at home, I just encourage you really to to watch them. I mean, my my four-year-old, he was, I think it was um, sometime in April when we were in a, you know, in a lockdown, we literally could go out for for an hour so his nursery was, he's just gone to school and his his nursery was closed. And of course, he's the only child, so he didn't have anyone to play with. And he just stood there in the middle of the road and said, Mommy, can I just watch this, this person, by, you know, walking? I was like, oh, my goodness. What does it do to, to children, you know, uh, this whole situation? I mean, it's also the mental health impact. It just, you know, and... I, I can I can just imagine. I mean, teenagers when they go through this period of, you know, um, adolescence, the, it might be even harder for them because uh, they just can't f- figure this out. You know what's going on, and not, not having the social interaction, it's it's really really hard. It's very difficult for them. Um, we've taken away prom and and sports after school, and now they're starting to come back now, which is really good. Yeah. But. Uh, it was taken away from them. And those are, it's the whole world to a teenager. They're developmentally trying to separate from you, the parent, as they should. They're yeah. trying to create their own life and their own identity. And how do you create your own life? And what do you like and your own identity when you're stuck at home with the people you're trying to separate from? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it takes that toll on them. They can't be with their friends they want. And at the same time, they are being told, don't be on your electronics too much. Don't, you know, I know you want to talk to your friend on Skype, but you know, let's let's limit that amount of time you're you're viewing the screen. And there's not a lot of outlet for those kids. And it's been really tough. Yeah. Oh well uh, my hope is that I mean, we, we, they start talking about the second lockdown, but my, my hope is that things will, I don't know, somehow, magically, I don't know. We just take a lot of vitamin C in the family, <laughs> keep ourselves healthy, but uh, who knows? I mean, some some people say we, we, we're still going to be in the same situation in you know, March, but hey-ho. Um, let's build some resiliency in our children as well as adults, I think. But uh, just to wrap up, Christina, well, what would be your sort of final advice to entrepreneurs, maybe specifically female entrepreneurs? What, what, what's, what's your um, lesson? What's your advice? Mm-hmm. I'd say believe in yourself. Absolutely believe in yourself. Don't put those imaginary boundaries on you. 
because you can do whatever it is that you want. You really can. If you put the effort in and you prioritize it, you can do whatever it is that you are setting out to do. So believe in yourself. Don't let all the struggles and there's going to be lots of hardships, a lot of them, but you fall down 10 times and you get up 11 and you just keep that cycle going and you just keep getting up and rely, create that support network around yourself with other entrepreneurs who understand what you're going through. Um, not just friends and family, friends and family are super important to have right now because they're going to support you in other ways, but you do need entrepreneurial friends who understand literally yeah. the struggles of running a business because that's going to give you a different type of mental health support that you need in this very tough journey that you're about to go on or that you're in the middle of. We yeah. need that camaraderie. We need those people in our life. Make time for them. Even if it's a, a lunch and you, you got to eat anyway, go have a lunch with these entrepreneur friends so that you can, it, it, it fills your soul knowing that people understand where you're at. It fills your soul when somebody can hear what you're saying and say, yep, me too. That happened to me. It just does. And so take the time to create those connections and have those lunches or whatever time you spend with them, because in the end, they will mean so much more to you and, and continue. If Since it fills up your tank, you'll begin to have much more energy to put into yourself yeah. and into your business when you take care of yourself in these little tiny ways. It's That's how it works. Otherwise, you get burned out and you become grouchy. You become the parent you don't want to be. Then you become the entrepreneur yeah. that is just like grumpy about how everything just doesn't work. And, you know, you just give up, right? <laughs> yes. So by taking care of yourself in these creating your, you know, finding your hour to yourself, making time for your friends and family, and then making that those support networks in the entrepreneur community where you can have those other special entrepreneur support systems, those three things will fill your tank enough that you'll actually have more to give when you when you have that energy inside of yourself. Well, thank you so much, Christina, for coming to the podcast. And I wish your um, company to prosper. Uh, it, it's a company with a, with a great mission and a vision. Thank so you. All, all the best for the future. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this show. Please send me any comments or feedback. If you're an entrepreneur and want to share your story, please contact me. The link is in the podcast show notes. Also, please see the social media links and uh, links to offers from my guests on the podcast notes. This podcast is sponsored by Smart Octopus Voice Agency, who create chatbots and voice skills on Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. So I'm really excited uh, to tell you that this podcast is now available as an Alexa skill uh, so you can search for resilient entrepreneur uh, skill and enable it as a flash briefing so that's all for me um, I wish I wish you good mental health and you are just one mind hack away till next time